Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. My name is Ray Park. You may know me as playing Dolphin, the Phantom Menace, Bone Wars, and also Solo and Star Wars Story. You're listening to Star Wars Stuff Podcast. The Force is strong with you all. And remember... Hey, this is Dominic Pace, who plays Gecko the Bounty Hunter from The Mandalorian, letting you all know you are listening to the Star Wars Stuff Podcast. Wishing everybody all the best, and may the Force be with you. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Star Wars Stuff Podcast. My name is David, and today we have a very special guest, Robert Montano from the Late to the Party YouTube channel, and his reactions, I think, at this point in time... For me personally, are legendary. I always go to his channel to check out the reactions. He's he's one of the channels that I always have to go to and just get his reaction. Him and Vanessa do such a fantastic job, and he's been on the podcast before. And it's it, like I said, I mean, <laughs> his his channel is just um, so informative. Uh, the reactions, especially for Comic Con, uh, the Black Panther trailer. Um, he was the first channel I, I pretty much went to to check it out. And here's a logo right here. I just want to share this with everyone up front. If you're watching us on YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, Facebook, that's the logo late to the party. Just want to get that in there. So thank you very much, Robert, for joining us. So um, how are you doing? David, rolling out the red carpet of compliments, <laughs> my friend. I appreciate it, dude, because nah, I just get excited about all this stuff, man. And And honestly... That's why we turn the camera on ourselves, because like you guys, you know the feeling when you lose your mind, when some news drops or a trailer hits and you know how you feel. And and many of you, you know, exert it with a massive amount of energy, just like us. So this past weekend, uh, especially the panels that came out of Hall H, uh, it's it's an experience. It's no different than a rock concert, uh, but it's an experience nonetheless. <laughs> So, yeah, this is definitely the thing I wanted to talk about up front. And I think Robert is one of the better people to actually ask about this because he's very, like I was telling him before the podcast, he's very close to Comic-Con. He's He's been there as a credentialed press member. He was there in 2019 when we all know the big panel to go to is the Marvel panel. And Kevin Feige, I think he pulled off all the stops once again. And... um being a Star Wars podcast, the reaction, I think, in the fandom for Star Wars was, why don't we have something like this? Why don't we have a huge kind of spectacle that kind of Marvel does, and Marvel's under the same umbrella as Star Wars, being that their parent company is Disney. They're right across the hall from Star Wars, and Kevin Feige is an executive produce, produce a future film. Why don't we get anything like this. We have celebration, of course. We had a terrific celebration this year in Anaheim 2022. And, of course, Comic-Con hit. We had some Star Wars stuff there. Uh, We had the costumes on display for Obi-Wan Kenobi. We had stuff from Andor that we hadn't seen before, which is cool 
with uh, some descriptions, with some uh, planets that have not been mentioned before. But we didn't get the big type of hoopla around Star Wars with a huge panel. We had Rings of Power, which, of course, is going to be a huge panel. It's the most expensive TV show in the history of mankind on Amazon TV. Of course, we got Black Adam. We got some DC stuff, which was a little lackluster um, because we got no Henry Cavill or no future plans laid out the way that kind of Marvel has always done it. And of course we all kind of waited for the night, which was last night, Saturday night where Kevin Feige took the stage and he was just dropping bomb after bomb after bomb. And not only did he talk about the past and the present, he talked about way in the future, which he's never done before. He talked, Kevin Feige talks about all the phases of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and he ended it with dropping two huge Avengers films for Phase 6 in 2025. And, like I said, why can't Star Wars have something of that nature? I know we got the investor call where Kathleen Kennedy laid out all the future plans, but we didn't get a proper roadmap. We didn't get dates. Um, it feels like the Lando series is kind of up in question. Donald Glover will not say that he got the job or the role. And we've talked about it so much before on the podcast that he signed a huge deal with Amazon, I believe, a, a creative deal. And of course, he has a show Atlanta. And Jimmy Kimmel actually brought it up to him and he didn't answer yay or nay for doing the Lando show. So I wanted to talk to Robert about this because he does reactions to shows, films, which are terrific. I always watch them, like I said, at the top of the show. Um, But what is your kind of insight to the way that Star Wars promotes? Do you think they could do a a lot better job? Yes. What do you think about the planning? (laughs) I mean, coming from someone that's kind of outside of our real kind of star Wars, almost niche like bubble. What, what are your thoughts? How do you see what, what the state of Lucasfilm is right now in comparison to all other fandoms and what they could do better? You shall pay your price for the lack of your lack of vision. So it's, <laughs> it's, 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 there's no visionary. You you got to have somebody that sets up uh, the two Avengers movies and, you know, the phase six that are essentially goalposts for you to get to. Um, you, you see the goalposts. You needed to pull the trigger on the fact that you're going to get to these goalposts and sharing them with the public. So the fact that Star Wars has gone and made promises promises they they can't keep because a lot of those promises are based on the success of other brands so you're not going to get lando more than likely yet or anytime soon because of the financial insuccess of solo so when it comes down to the money generated and the hype and support behind it which granted we'll say that there's plenty of support but when it comes to the financial backing 
to run with those characters uh, at this point, they're going to stick to the main gun, which is more than likely going to be Darth Maul, Black Sun, you know, that whole thing, which would be far more, in my opinion, successful in grabbing the attention of the general public than going Lando because they remember, well, that was connected to that other solo guy. Could Lando absolutely show up kick ass the way we know Donald Glover could do and has done in the past on many shows uh, and get his trajected show from that? More than likely, but I don't think they want to invest financially in going the route of a character from a series that they were trying to implement that didn't really financially uh, help them out comparatively. And then you saw what ended up happening with the trajectory of the, the branded films, uh, the, the Skywalker saga. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can love them, you can hate them, but uh, the financial support and backing wasn't there in terms of getting general public audiences cash. So I saw it and that's it. Like no posters, no artwork, no nut. Like I'm not interested for the most part in owning and continually to own just by going and watching the movie again and again, like I have for other films. Uh, I watched it and, and that it was what it was. It ended and could it have been far more, thought out and planned absolutely but the problem is the planning part the visionary part uh that is how you set up these feige level announcements of timelines that has just dominated and and even marvel was trying to do their own thing where they set it up and they announced uh captain america serpent society and that's when they uh, announced infinity war and endgame it was its own standalone thing civil war was a big thing evans and uh, downey jr on stage uh, but then they realize, oh, we don't really have to do that. We can set up at Comic-Con. Star Wars has hardly any presence at San Diego Comic-Con with the exception of the, you know, you got the costumes laid out. And then every once in a while, we would get like a Clone Wars trailer on Sunday that nobody was thinking about, you know, that Filoni came back and ended up saying, this is what's going on. You're visionary right there. Um, and then you just lack that creative escalation of story to an end resulting finale so we got one movie announced i think at celebration and it wasn't even a star wars movie it was indiana jones wasn't that i believe what it was uh it's it's because every everybody that they set up to do things whether it was uh benioff and weiss uh, whether it was uh, Ryan Johnson's trilogy, uh, Ed, Patty Jenkins right after Wonder Woman. Everybody kind of had a misstep, you know, in terms of something happening with the fandom and the money right after their releases that ended up getting them wiped. And guess who it just happened to? Taika Waititi. It's still going. Like, we're still having these little stumbles of these announced directors that are going to carry the torch. And it just, they can't, they can't back it right now so that's why you lack that level of like boom with these trajectory you know figured out ahead of time uh in terms of where they're going and they're just trying to go movie by movie who else is doing that right now the other company that had two movies for their panel wb okay yeah ezra miller the flash definitely stumbled uh and they had to pull that you guarantee you that would have been a part of it michael keaton would have been there mm. um but they just they can't they can't. So uh, that that really gouged them. But at the same time, they can't really plan for the future because of the stumbles that they keep having as well with what's going on with the Snyderverse, which I really enjoy. And I'm very happy they put Ben Affleck's face 
uh, in the trailer that they did recently for Shazam. Was it Shazam? It was Shazam. It was Shazam. It was Shazam. Yeah. When he yeah, said Batman, I, they showed Batman. I was like, yeah. okay, good for you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I agree with everything you said. I gave you a um, lot to unpack. Yeah, I mean, we, we've spoken about bits and pieces of what you just spoke about. And, of course, we do have that visionary and that creative mind in Dave Filoni. I kind of wonder if Kathleen Kennedy has gone to him personally and has asked him, do you want to do essentially what Kevin Feige does at Comic-Con at Celebration? Maybe that's just not in him to do something like that. Maybe he wants not to... Mate, Well... He's a higher level executive now. I mean, he has a whole lot more pull. He's directing live action. He's, he's boots on that. the ground. He is. He's when been he's there. Tired he's, of that? He's, he'll move up. Yeah. He. Well, I mean, I. We all Filoni, get old. I, yeah, but I think he's still a young man, though, and I, I think agree. he still wants to tell his stories, leading from Clone Wars to Rebels. I mean, we're we haven't even gotten his live action version of the stuff that he created in animation, which I think is, is on its way. Ahsoka. But I, yes, Ahsoka Mandalorian season three. I think there's going to be a lot of elements in there from his personal stories. And I think that is a great trajectory for what star Wars is becoming because you do have all the animation on Disney plus where fans can wonder, okay, new fans can be like, I don't know what that is, but, there's this animation stuff and they're an animation. So I can kind of figure out that's the advantage star Wars has right now. But when you see Kevin Feige, when you see what he does on the Marvel stage for Comic-Con and the report came out that he's withholding a lot of information for D 23, which is, which is Disney's big convention that's happening at the same place. Star Wars celebration happened. It kind of, it, it kind of just screams like, why isn't Star Wars more involved? Why aren't they doing the big panels? And it's not like they don't have content they can talk about. Andor premieres on August thirty first, so it's right around the corner. They could have brought Diego Luna. They could have bought, brought um, Genevieve O'Reilly, who plays Mon Mothma. They could have brought Tony Gilroy, who had the one of the most astonishing reactions to the crowd at celebration. He looks so happy to be there. He looks so invested in the project because we've all heard, we talked about it so much on the podcast where he came on to rogue one and he said, I don't care about star Wars, but I do know how to make a film and this is what you need to do. That's what you need to do. Take this out. And then there's your film. And rogue one has, has just been fine wine. It's gotten way better with age. People talk about that film. Like it was part of the original trilogy now. And to have to have him back and to have 24 episodes to do to for Disney, for Lucasfilm to make that commitment with the two seasons of Andor is spectacular. We know that's probably going to be a hit. But after Andor, we do have more stuff on the way. We have Mandalorian season three. We have Ahsoka. We have Bad Batch. Bad Batch is happening this fall. It just it just is puzzling why star Wars didn't have a presence. We know it's not because of money. I mean, they have, they have the budget to be there. It's because they had but, celebration. Well, I mean, they're going to do D 23. They're going to have a big presentation there. 
Yeah, but so, D okay, so you said uh how you said uh like I dabble dabble in Comic Con. Dude, I dabble way more in D twenty three and D twenty three, as much as we like to say, like, oh, they're gonna do so much at 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 for Marvel at D twenty three. Everything is portioned out so evenly to what they're giving you, whether it's the parks panel, which it's a go-to for any Disney fan on Sundays. You got the animation panel, the Pixar panel, the, the live action panel, the Legends panel, by the way. If you're going to go check out some of these Disney Legends, mm -hmm. better make time for that. Done that multiple times. Some amazing people receiving the awards. Uh, I got to see Whoopi, Whoopi Goldberg. Uh, but there is a, a, a very cut out framework for D23 for what they're going to allow there. And you're going to get, I guarantee you, as much Star Wars as you will Marvel in terms of giving you something. Now, granted, majority of Marvels will end up being, uh, uh, actually, it probably will end up being shows. And then look at Lucasfilm. And what they're doing is it's probably going to end up being shows too, but that's because that's all they've crafted. So uh, yeah, it's going to be heavy in the shows and it's going to be heavy for both. I guarantee you're going to get as much uh, between the both of them, but celebration is celebration. That's a whole big event run like a Comic-Con style in the same spot that what happens D23 happens. So you've got all that traffic, man. There's plenty of space for all these people to congregate and absorb the information. They just did that for celebration. You're still going to get the same amount as you will for Marvel. And then uh, where do you go Comic-Con? We've talked about how Marvel doesn't do those standalone events anymore where they announce all the stuff. So it became... Uh, Comic-Con. So you've got these two entities that are hanging out, then they converge on D23, drop a little bit in there and then move on because guess what? Pixar's coming up. Disney Animation's coming up. You know, Discover or uh, what's the uh, National Geographic got to make time for the Jeff Goldblum show on D23, which by the way, we eat them up. We watch those trailers too. So, um, but D23, you will get a shared portion in my opinion of the two, which does balance it back out to Comic-Con and celebration that's why you didn't really get anything at comic-con also it makes sense man comic-con it's comic books and i know i i had them myself the star wars <laughs> comics back in the day what was it dark horse yes. uh and now marvel and now marvel of mm -hmm. course it's funny how it's all like full circle yeah. um but the 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 comics is is superheroes right now. Marvel, DC, you know? And granted, there's so much more. So many more varying levels of comic books. I'm excited for Berserker and what's going to come from that. Um, but you've got, you know, the, the superhero element that just kind of makes more sense at uh, San Diego Comic-Con, so... I divvied yeah. it out for I, I gave you an, a math equation to how it's... They're, they're all good. They just need to beef up their big event movie announcement star wars because we need a trajectory which we don't have a solid footing right now with the films no. like you like you mentioned before taika waititi he's a super busy guy yeah and he's not loved by a very big portion of angry people well yeah i mean i i think that kind of goes for I, I don't think anyone right now is is really teflon at this point it feels like right yeah yeah um, could go anyway but marvel's formula of getting these directors they're seeking talent they're, they're they're going they're not getting big names look at the russo brothers when they brought them in for civil war for captain america they weren't big names they, they came from a, a tv show a comedy community right community amazing best episodes paintball 
It's great. And I mean, Peyton Reed, we never heard of Peyton Reed before. I mean, nope. who was he before Ant-Man and then the Mandalorian season two? So I feel like Lucasfilm needs to do a better job of seeking the talent out there because I, I think Marvel has that, that blueprint on lock and Marvel has hit on these, on these talents, Ryan Coogler, Peyton Reed, um, the Russo brothers, like I just mentioned, I kind of, I, I kind of just wonder how, what the hiring process is like. I did hear that it, it was a really old interview that Sam Whitwer did. And he talked about, this was five years ago, six years ago, how he talked about, he knew that there were something like 200 pitches for the Obi-Wan Kenobi show or the Obi-Wan Kenobi film at that point in time, because Disney plus didn't exist. And just getting in there to the final interviews to actually being hired, it's, I mean, we, I mean, it's common sense to think it, it's, it's super hard to get into that room in the end with Kathleen Kennedy to pitch your idea and for her to okay it. But I think Lucasfilm really needs to loosen the reins a little bit because there's so many creators, so many older creators that have been inspired by Star Wars and so many young creators that are still inspired by Star Wars. It's just, Star Wars keeps on focusing on the big names, who's hot right now, and then they give them the, the job, then they really can't fulfill their, their duties. Like, look at Taika right now. I mean, he's ultra busy. He's one of the hottest directors in Hollywood, and he just has no time to complete the script, really. He's, he's said multiple times in Thor 11 Thunder press junkets that he hasn't had the time to create the script, and Lucasfilm firmly planted their flag for December 2025 or 20, 2023, 25, 27. And it looks like there's, they're not going to have any time to, to have a movie for December 2023 unless they totally pivot and make the last four episodes of The Mandalorian a feature film. They do something like that, possibly. Um, Mandalorian so, crosses over into the cinematic universe, which is something that should have totally been already done. That that last episode, the last two episodes, should have been a feature film. Could have made them a lot of money, and it's true. with appearance of Luke Skywalker, that would be that should have taken place in a movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That 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 would have been truly epic. And for them to give Andor, it, it seems like they gave Andor the huge budget and the room, the space that gave Tony Gilroy creative license to do what he wants to do. It seems like, and just to, to, to see all the behind the scenes stuff for that show, it looks incredible. And like I said, they gave him 24 episodes. So when I'm that... watching the trailer for Andor, I don't know why, but I, I've, I've watched it multiple times and not a whole lot happens in it, but I'm just, I'm looking at all the surroundings and the characters uh, when it shows like the ISB officers and stuff. And it just, I don't know, dude, it feels like Star Wars Game of Thrones and it makes me really excited for it. Like to me, it just feels like we're going to dive into the politics. The fact that we got to see the, the, the chambers, the Senate chambers, uh, you know, you've got these characters that are essentially the groundwork and foundation of the rebel Alliance, uh, Bail Organa, Mon Mothma, you know, and then even people jumping in from the, you know, fulcrum era, uh, it's going to be like, if they, if they nail it and the fact that they're taking their time, they're doing these episodes and they have the, the 
gall to give us two seasons, which is exciting. Yeah. Um, it's, I feel like, man, I feel like it's going to be some good stuff. Can't miss. And you talked about how, you know, Rogue One is up there as very, very high praise from a lot of people. Uh, I remember we were at D23. We were waiting under, uh, in hall D23 above the, you know, the expo floor. And uh, Rogue One came on the TV screen and all of us, I filmed it. It's actually in one of our vlogs from one of the days that we were at D23 because we chronicle our experiences when this stuff happened. Domino wants a piece of this conversation. And Rogue One was on, dude. And, and I, I swear when the Vader scene was coming, you started to see congregation around every television. They have like a bunch of them down the big hall and everybody started congregating and I filmed it, dude, everybody just watching Vader going through and wrecking the rebels, freaking soldiers, or at least those are Bale's people. Um, it's a very iconic moment. It's very powerful. It fits in a movie, but it fit in a movie that felt like it needed more room to breathe. And the fact that they're tacking on Andor, what was it? Five years before that, there's your room to breathe right there. You're getting to breathe that way. Uh, which is no different than what we've done with things like uh, the Plagueis book and the Phantom Menace. Dude, that lets that movie breathe. Granted, I know it's not canon anymore, but for me, made the Phantom Menace so much better because of that connection. The Clone Wars bridging the gap between Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. Room to breathe. So they're doing it with Andor connected to Rogue One. That's only going to make Rogue One far stronger as time goes on, especially in the love of the Star Wars fans. So, of course, dude, Andor is kind of big right now. It's so hot right now. Uh, Diego Luna, man, watch uh, The Terminal. The, the Terminal with Tom Hanks. He's so good in it. Oh, <laughs> oh, don't fought on me there, Diego. <laughs> Rip a beefer. Yeah, totally, I totally agree with you, man. I mean, what they're doing for Andor, it's it's incredible. It could be. It could be cool. It could be intricate. It needs to be. You give us some politics. Give us some action. Some intrigue. Some uh, warfare. And then they come across the rebels, and they're they're too extreme for the rebel alliance. Uh, with Sagar era, like <laughs> you run into them, but that's where Diego, like, kind of has that touch too. He's willing to pull the trigger if he needs to, as we saw at the beginning of Rogue One. There's some cool stuff that can go down in uh, in Andor, and it's going to be exciting. But and it's got to it's got to succeed, though, you know. Yeah, yeah, definitely, it has to have those streaming numbers. But it doesn't. When you watch that trailer, like you said, it doesn't seem like a TV show. It seems like a film. Sure. And you can see the money on screen. Right. And that's that's the thing that's the most impressive to me about this upcoming Andor show. But going back to San Diego Comic Con, so there wasn't a huge Star Wars presence. There was a little bit of a presence, though. With of course the the said costumes, but there's also a Hasbro whoa, whoa. panel in a small room, and of course I'm a huge fan of all the Hasbro stuff. You can see a lot of it behind me. I got the Haslab Razor Crest behind me. We just did an unboxing video on our Patreon. You can check out. Um, but there was a panel done in, in a small room, and according to um, the people that were there, it totally sold out. There wasn't an empty seat, and when the panel started. Hasbro employees came out with lightsabers and simply just gave them to people randomly. So, <laughs> which makes me extremely jealous. I love those lightsabers. I'm not sure if they have the new Obi-Wan there, but um, we actually had a listener uh, go on our Facebook group and he went to Target and he actually purchased some of the Obi-Wan Black Series figures that haven't hit shelves yet. 
So uh, it seems like they are out there. They've been shipped. They, they're just the street date hasn't been met yet, but it was totally cool of them. This is what I love about these conventions. People giving away free stuff to the fans that spent their hard earned money to get there from all around the world. I love it when they do stuff like this. And at this Hasbro panel, they did talk about some of the future releases. And once they did announce the releases, they went out to the show floor and set them up in all the display cases, which was pretty cool. So the first one I want to show here is the Bill Burr action figure, Miggs Mayfeld. And it's it's a new sculpt. It has the guns on the shoulder. I have the uh, the original Black Series, and I don't think it's this intricate. And it's got the new packaging, of course. And another interesting thing that they dropped about these Black Series figures and I have a shot right here of Bo-Katan, the new Bo-Katan uh, credit series, which comes with a with a, a credit coin from Star Wars. And it's a pretty cool series, too. I didn't even realize it was a whole different series of card back six-inch figures, but they are pretty cool. I have some of them in my room, actually. They're actually going, Hasbro has changed to go to non-plastic um, figures uh, for Black Series. And I have a few pictures here. I can uh, locate them and you can actually see the way they look. So the new representation. So here you can see the battle droid that they announced the front. It's not the see-through plastic anymore. It's just a picture of the actual figure inside, which made me kind of think if you do buy one of these figures and you don't want to open it, how do you really know that you actually have that figure inside that box? I don't know. I guess you just have to trust Hasbro really. But they're good to go to all plasticless packaging for these six-inch figures. They they still have a run of, of figures that are going to have the window still, so you can actually see in them. But they did a presentation within that Hasbro panel at San Diego Comic-Con 2022, and they did show some pretty cool figures. A lot of these we have on our Facebook group. Uh, these are just some screenshots I took. Ahsoka, her sculpt, her face looks really good. This is the uh, the credit collection line. And here's another brand new version of the Mandalorian. Kind of harkens back to the original Boba Fett coloring scheme from the uh, holiday special we saw. So that's pretty cool. And of course, I'm going to have to buy this one. The Luke Skywalker from the Mandalorian Season 2, Episode 8. With, uh, I believe they have a black cloak on him. I know there was uh, some controversy there because... Luke in Return of the Jedi had had a brown cloak, and a lot of people got upset. But it's a cool figure. I want to get it. Um, but, of course, the wait period for these figures is about a year. Um, I purchased a Cobb Vanth figure, I believe, for last year's Comic-Con special. And it's just barely shipping right now. And uh, I believe that's going to be a giveaway for the podcast. So... Timothy Oliphant, man. <laughs> the fact that we got Timothy Oliphant and you can get him as a Star Wars figure is pretty badass because Timothy Oliphant, the shit. Yeah, it was a perfect casting. Um, I became a fan. Uh, I didn't read the Aftermath books, but I did know of, Co- of Cobb Vanth. And of course, there was rumors out there that Cobb Vanth was going to be a character. And of course, pretty much everyone leaked except for Luke for Mandalorian Season 2. <laughs> And, of course, we're going to get Rosario Dawson and right. Katie Sackhoff and, of course, Timothy Oliphant. And he was perfect for that role. And wearing the armor, too, the armor fit him in such a way that, 
I mean, he's a skinnier guy, but I mean, sure. he still looked really cool as as kind of the uh, the old Western martial it, gunslinger type. It felt like a cowboy wearing a vest, but instead of the vest, it's Mandalorian armor. It's yeah. like, you know, the plate. It's the plate for Boba Fett's outfit. So, yeah, no, they did a, a damn good job with the character design as well as uh, the casting. Uh, and in all these characters, man, that they've created, this is how you organically reinvigorate your merchandising and toy scene. Because the toy scene is pretty damn good when it comes to the higher quality black series and lightsabers and stuff. People spend pretty big money on that. But like, you know, the the toy aisle at Walmart, you want to have some of these toys move. And what better way to do it, man, than to put them uh, in or like take the characters that are most successful in your shows and move them into the toy aisle, and people are going to want to do it. Baby Yoda killing it, dude. Grogu is is bringing the bucks in from the extreme high-quality stuff down to the little plushie for $2. People will buy it. Uh, but, yeah, starting to see some of these characters pop out. Like, it's, uh, it's exciting because now it makes you want to buy the toys of the stuff that you've been watching, you know, like when we were kids. So... Uh, same with the lightsabers, man. I always pick up a new lightsaber, although we've kind of upgraded. Vanessa just dropped big money on like those high quality Ray ones that you got to like for Ray and you got to like get the screwdriver, screw everything in and it's metallic and crazy and heavy. So we've kind of upgraded, but uh, nice. yeah, it's cool that these shows and or if Andor does well, you'll get Andor figures too and those will move. Yeah, definitely. And they were on display here. Um, the big kind of interesting kind of droid that they uh dropped we've talked about them before is a b2 emo and um the name is is kind of peculiar uh b2 emo emo um but i think he's gonna have a pretty big part in the show we did see a glimpse of this droid in the trailer and i'm thinking he's he's gonna factor in pretty huge because i mean you you always have to it feels like every big new series that drops, there's always a new droid. And I think he's, and we did get a little bit of information on this droid. He's a uh, droid that's been in the Andor family for a while. So there is uh, more of a backstory to him. So I'm really looking forward to uh, uh, what that droid is and uh, what voice, kind of character. Voiced by Gerard Way from My Chemical Romance. He's all like emo. <laughs> but he's got that Gerard Way voice, but he sings too. I'd buy that droid. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome. So back to that Hasbro panel, they did release the logo, of course, for we had the 40th anniversary for the Star Wars figures. We had the 40th anniversary for Empire Strikes Back. And now we have the 40th anniversary for Return of the Jedi. So we're going to get a new line of Return of the Jedi figures. We're going to get the uh, one, the, the, the character that you see in Return of the Jedi with the white beard that everyone was like thinking that was maybe Rex. Apparently, that's going to be an action figure that's going to be created for the TBC line. And of course, we're going to get the uh, Return of the Jedi Boba Fett. We're going to get Bausch. We're going to get Han Solo. We're going to get Leia. Um, so they're going to release a lot more stuff here. And it kind of begs the question, what are they going to do after these anniversaries are over? I mean, what are they going to concentrate on next maybe they're going to go to the prequels and do a new line of the prequel stuff i'm not quite sure but a lot of toys are on the way and they did also announce the new lightsaber you brought up lightsabers so they're going to drop the darth vader force fx black series saber and it looks like to the left there you can see the uh, kyber crystal that you can uh 
remove and place back inside the saber, which is pretty cool. They got the same stand as the uh, dark saber that they released, and that looks pretty cool. I know it's probably going to cost something like two hundred and thirty dollars. Um, the Obi Wan saber is something that I really, really want uh, for the for- from the Force FX line, and that's not going to ship till next spring, I believe, Oof. as well. So Good you're going to have to wait. And I know there's a lot of people that listen to the podcast and watch us on YouTube that love Fallen Order, and they did release a Cal Kestis figure. And people in the audience cheered, and one person in the audience on this video I was watching was like, it's about time. But you can see Cal Kestis here. I know it's hard to see on YouTube here, but he does have a little bit of a beard there. So he is an older, older Force user now, and... It's a new sculpt, and he also has a blaster on his side as well. And I don't think that was very prominent in the first game. And, of course, the new game, um, Jedi Survivor, uh, that's going to be released only on next-gen consoles, which I'm super excited for because I bought a new Xbox. I bought the Xbox. Um, the uh, I'm, I'm forgetting the name of it already. Uh, the Xbox. I don't even know what it's called. I got a PS5. I believe it's the Xbox Series X. Anyways, it's the big black cube. I bought it day one. And, I always uh, have to ask Vanessa what the difference is on the Xbox. <laughs> I'm like, which like, one's stopped. which? She tells me. <laughs> I already stopped keeping track of it, man. Sure. There's, there's, I have Xboxes in my closet that aren't even being used. I know. And, all that, ours that's... are in our entertainment center right <laughs> under the television. So haven't been touched in years. Yeah, yeah. My, my kids will play with them occasionally. and Red then... Ring of Death on all of them. <laughs> That was only on the 360, Robert. Let's let's, let's get that. Uh, the, the Xbox One also had a fatal error that died completely. Wasn't oh, Red Ring? Working. Not mine's ours. Still oh. Not ours, okay. unfortunately. That's why we switched yeah. to the five. Cool. So yeah, it's there's a lot of stuff on the way as far as toys go, and they did release a special Halloween Star Wars toy line, and they gave us a little. Uh, logo there you can see in the bottom right hand corner there's a java ghost right that's kind of funny <laughs> so the figure i mean it i mean pardon the pun here it, it does seem kind of corny is um, that minox flying around it looks like a yes minox yes in the corner minox flying around yes of course they had to do it but yeah they're going to release special halloween versions of the toys and uh, there there was a couple that caught my attention here and this one i think i shared on the facebook group it's black chrysanthemum going uh, trick or treating with the uh, complete with the Camtono Halloween bucket. Oh, geez. <laughs> and, <laughs> and Star Wars has done this before. And I think it's we perfect. all thought it was some type of meme or a joke or a Photoshop, but they released Christmas action figures of the werewolf. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So good. I, th- I think that's his costume. Give me a black series uh, version of that. Is that black series? It is Black Series. Oh, I got, I got to get it now. <laughs> and the other cool version of these Halloween figures is these. God dang it! Now I want those too. <laughs> <laughs> these really super cool looking uh, clone troopers here, holding porgs and having glow in the dark skeletal painting on top of over the uh, armor there, and it looks pretty cool. I, I, I think, I think we're gonna see someone cosplay this eventually at a celebration. Or a Comic Con, so yeah, these these look pretty cool. I I, I think I'm probably gonna pick these up. Bust those out every Halloween, you know. Rotate out your figures, put the other ones in a box for a bit, and uh, yeah, theme your your apartment and home with a decorative 
you know, black series. That's, that's actually really clever. I, I'm going to get into that probably. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, did they I do mean, Christmas ones? They, yeah, they did Christmas ones. They were not as interesting or cool looking to me. Not yet. Um, there was like candy, like candy cane stripes over some of the, the armor and some of them had can't like big candy cane. It was, it was kind of odd really. And, um, some of them, they just kind of are a little lazy and just put red and green and white on some of these figures and just like slap them in the box and ship. Them I mean, out. that's just, that's Christmas, man. Red, green, yeah. and white. It's just Christmas. Yeah. It, it yeah. works. Lightsaber candy or yeah. Lightsaber candy cane. Now I want to see like a special, well, they probably would do it in the, the Lego specials. Cause they, I think they've done Christmas and they've done Halloween for those. Yep. Anyways. Yeah. I, I, I would like themed, Star Wars Black Series figures, please. What can I get them? Sold out, probably. Probably, probably like a year or two from now, Robert. No, I, want them. <laughs> I may not even want them then. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, we get Halloween every year. I'm, I need I'm to regret probably... it now. <laughs> yeah, it's like they announce all this stuff. It's like I want it now, but I mean, it's my Star Wars, and I need it now. That's what I'm saying. I think that's what everyone's saying here. Yeah, but, they are. Every a lot of people are saying it much louder too on Twitter. Yeah, the other big news that came out of Comic Con, so to speak, was uh, the official casting of Amanda Stenberg. She is going to be in the Acolyte, which we kind of mentioned earlier, and you might know her as um, a younger version of herself because she was way younger in the Hunger Games. Um, but that's the only place I know her from. I know there's a, she's done a lot of stuff and she's going to be in the new film bodies, bodies, bodies with, uh, Pete Davidson. So she has a big following and I didn't, I, I haven't been keeping up with her career at all. And, uh, but like I said, she has a big following. There's a huge response online for her casting. So we do know, uh, that acolyte is going to be led by a, a female act, a female, um, and I think this is the main actress here. And we're all hoping for, like you mentioned, Darth Plagueis the Wise, some backstory there, some connections there. And there's been some stuff to trickle out that we are going to get. Uh, some mentions, some canonical mentions of Revan, maybe Darth Bane in that series. So we have a lot to look forward to that. And we're all thinking that that's going to drop a whole lot sooner than what was projected because I believe Leslie Headland, uh, the showrunner, was saying that it's going to be a while, but that's going to start shooting here pretty soon, if not already has been shooting um, in Manhattan Beach. So, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much all the news that came out of San Diego Comic-Con. And like I said, I wish that Star Wars had a bigger presence there. And I know we have Celebration, we have D23, but it feels like Star Wars should be one of those big brands with DC and Marvel and Amazon that's just there. And it's all about the show for me. And I think all the fans, they want to see the the biggest franchises having that type of hype generation, so to speak. And we talk about it. I talk about it all the time on the podcast where there needs to be some position at Lucasfilm where they're like a hype director, someone that can take the pulse of what the fandom is really kind of expecting at this point from Star Wars marketing and where Star Wars should be kind of in the whole 
like pop culture um, playing field of every other thing that's out there. And I think there, there is a lot of room for star Wars to, to exist. And I, th- I think there's a whole lot more hype that can be, that can be given to all the future projects. And it's, I don't think fans should have to dig as much as they do because most of the, most of the fans and most of the people that consume star Wars aren't like us. They're not hyper into the stuff because you can search and find stuff. But of course for the general fan, I'll get questions like, when is Mandalorian still going on? Is there going to be a next season? And of course, we've known that for what feels like years now. But yeah, sure. it, that, that's, I, I think it, it's it's tough to kind of gauge when, when you're inside, uh, deep inside the, the Star Wars bubble and fandom like like I am and like you are. You're, yeah, because like the general public isn't going to keep on to that in their short-term memory. They watch it, they enjoy it, then they don't think about it again until the next season comes out. So it's a valid question because they have no clue when the release dates are or anything like that. And the marketing also, I mean, marketing will only do as good as the product that they're marketing. So the thing is, is there isn't product for them to market. There isn't a hype that they can generate or monitor because there's no movies that are on their way. So there really is no jumping off point. The, the marketing for that more than likely was working hard when it was the trilogy, the, the, you know, the Skywalker trilogy. And the fact that it was so divisive and not as uh, tra- springboarding to the franchise as they were hoping. I mean, the most they got out of that essentially was Ray at the Disney parks and galaxies cruiser so they didn't make a movie they didn't make a series they didn't do anything they haven't announced anything from it so there really is nothing for everyone to get hyped about with the exception of the disney plus series the disney plus series in which are organically creating characters that you could possibly foster into a movie series so you know right now they're they're kind of on the the ground level again rebuilding themselves to give you a reason reason to buy the the toys a reason to want to get behind the characters a reason to remember when this movie's coming out is by doing it on a level of, you know, Disney Plus. But granted, Mandalorian, yes, the Mandalorian, I think, has transcended that. People know the Mandalorian. The general public, in my opinion, is aware of the Mandalorian's coming. When they're like, oh, there should be one, right, coming up, they're ready for it because they know they enjoy it as a character and as a show. It's also that cute little baby Grogu. But it's going to take a little bit for that one you know, character to have a world to play in when we haven't even brought in the Ahsoka or Thrawn or any of the other big ones through the series yet to get to that movie level. Because of that, it's going to be pretty tame, in my opinion, for Star Wars at the conventions, for the big drops and all that, for a little while. So what the way that they did it this year made a lot of sense. Look at Warner Brothers, because they can't reject it, because they can't give you the big plan or what's coming next after these couple movies. They didn't. So they took the L, you know? They took the hit on the chin, because that's really all they could do when they lost the Flash. So then you have Marvel, which is Marvel is a locomotive right now when it comes to the stuff that they're offering. The problem is you're getting a lot of uh, criticism now when it comes to Thor Love and Thunder, when it came to some of the shows, even though Miss Marvel's amazing, but even I have criticism with how facet how everything happens in six episodes because it needs to be longer but you you're starting to see a little shakiness but the thing is it's all about those ones at the top the event films the infinity wars the end games and that's the stuff we need we need a trajectory and we need a bad guy on the horizon which other than you know uh, uh, what's his name king i always forget king's name the conqueror uh 
he's not a villain to us yet unless you watch loki and even then he wasn't a villain there it was just a variant of him so it's gonna be you need to start setting that up uh and it's gonna end up coming eventually but the problem is they're 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 the leaders right now at it so that's why you're getting so much and it seems like it's hyper and manic because there's so much to go and ah, oh, it's oversaturation and i'm getting marvel fatigued uh when in reality pick and choose what you want you don't have to yeah. consume it all the rest of totally us are like, oh give it to me you know we're consuming everything <laughs> but with star wars we're like you know scrounging through scraps trying to find what we can yeah. but that's because they're slow they planted the seeds now they just need to grow yeah, and Kathleen Kennedy did reference a climactic event that was going to happen once we get all the shows converging. And that was when we had Rangers of the New Republic and then Mandalorian, then Book of Boba Fett, then Ahsoka. It was all going to converge, but they haven't talked about that again. They just told the investors at the investor call. And it's like, that would have been nice to have some type of presentation at Comic-Con where they could talk about that. Or maybe at D23, maybe they will talk about it. Maybe they're listening right now to us. I mean, who knows? Armor Wars, too. They didn't say anything about Armor Wars for Marvel. So so I feel like, you know, they make the announcements, but if they just kind of fade into the background and not have to mention it again, people won't really make a huge fuss about it. It just kind of putters out and they forget about it. But, you know, I think somebody did come out and say, no, yeah, Armor Wars is still happening, but it wasn't anywhere on the slate. So you're going to get all these, you know, announcements and stuff that they haven't really invested in. But look what ended up happening, you know, with the, the Rangers of the Republic, you know, because you probably were gonna hang your hat on uh cara uh, dune was that what it yeah. was yeah cara dune H- hanging on her head and you get problematic stuff behind the scenes and you, you're gonna lose a lot of your fan base because they don't want to let's just not deal with it so it just fades into the ether and then get patty jenkins and they were gonna do rogue squadron and wonder woman 84 came out and people were like oh this is problematic because of the stuff that you chose to do in this and now there's infighting on the movie itself uh because of some of the choices she made creatively with some of the characters and just whether or not it was you know proper or not and so they're like oh okay taika what you got going on and then taika just makes everyone mad with a thor movie a, a funny thor movie but uh it happens man and that's why i think a lot of those announcements you're just ether benioff and wife ether let's just not talk about it ryan johnson <laughs> ether you know they, although he afraid. says he's still doing a trilogy so i yeah because they need to they need to put time they need to put time they need to wait that they got to just remove themselves far enough away from the controversy which they know controversy will happen again just because people come out to be jerks about it without giving it a fair shot uh but they need to move themselves away from the controversy so most people will just be bored of it to to fight but they don't know the fandom menace very well uh but they'll 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 circle back to it as long as he's interested because if he kills it right now with his knives out stuff um then he may not even be interested anymore after a while or they'll bring him over to marvel and then everyone will get mad at him over there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, there's a lot of interesting things there that you said. And I mean, when when you brought the whole Armor Wars thing, yeah, Feige did not talk about it last night at all. And we know that's a show on the horizon. It could be in Phase 6. They could have moved it all the way to Phase 6 to one of those dates that they didn't post a specific project on. But it's like, 
Who cares? Announce it. It's out there. If you don't do it, you don't do it. The fans don't have any control over Lucasfilm or Marvel doing projects. You guys do what y'all got to do. I mean, you can talk about certain things that you're thinking about. That's fine. But there's no, I mean, you don't have, I mean, there's, uh, the stock is not going to plummet like a hundred percent if if you don't do a certain show because Rangers of the New Republic isn't happening and no one's like oh my god I'm quitting Star Wars because <laughs> Rangers of the New Republic isn't happening. The car fans would. Yeah, Some of I them. mean, Some even, of them. even still, the the the, the, the vocal minority—that's super negative about Star Wars—and make YouTube videos every day about how yep. horrible Star Wars is. They still buy the stuff. They still watch the stuff. They're still money. It makes no sense. Consume. Disney wins either way. <laughs> and and Robert, I really think it goes back to that old adage of there's no such thing as bad publicity. I mean, you publicity is publicity. I mean, it, it doesn't really matter. I would say Lucasfilm, just keep on doing what you're doing. Maybe be a little bit more transparent. Maybe do the roadmap thing. I mean, I think that would the hype factor needs to be risen. That's that's really my opinion. I think it's a lot of our fans' opinions because I, I saw posts last night talking about how Marvel does such a great job with announcing stuff, talking about stuff, being present at these big pop culture events that Star Wars does have their place in, and they just really weren't there. I'm pretty sure most of the fandom didn't know about this Hasbro panel. I, mean, I that you was... mentioned it. I was like, I, <laughs> I, I, it sounds right. It makes sense they would have one, but I didn't know yeah. about it or hear yeah. about it. But it just sucks. That's the one thing about Comic Con, man, is you don't really hear about the other stuff that's going on, and you just you do have to pull yourself away from you know the the wandering the activations and uh, going into the Hall H and waiting wasting a whole day away just to try and get into Hall H. Bless their souls, man. It's a horrible experience, but it's a fight to get in there. Uh, but you got to pull yourself away and go into some of those, those, those ballrooms, man. Like there's a lot of amazing panels and, and shows going on at, at Comic-Con that are con related. And you just, the problem is you never, as somebody who didn't go, it's harder for me to even be able to track down. Well, what happened? Would they, I want to know, I want to know the info, but nobody's really talking about it. Um, and it's hard. And if you don't know where to look, it's harder to find, but that's the cool thing is all this good stuff goes on and the behind these doors, it's a convention center. So there's tons of stuff. And when we went to, uh, is it Ballroom 20, Vanessa, I believe, Ballroom 20, where uh, Cobra Kai. Hi, Vanessa. Yeah, give me a thumbs up. <laughs> uh, she's at her lunch. Uh, and you've got, you know, all this other stuff that was going on. I didn't even realize it. You know, we got to sit through some panels. I was like, okay, I didn't even know Cobra Kai was there until Vanessa told me. And then uh, it's like, okay, well, you don't hear about it. Like nobody's really talking about it. Uh, They didn't go this year, which is weird because they have a show season in September. Uh, But same thing. Like, why are you not trying to get everyone hyped for the next season? So there's certain things with the hype factory that you can Mm -hmm. criticize when it comes to a lot of these companies because it's like it's so simple keep your presence up you don't want us to forget utilize the platform to engage us with the stuff that you have coming um but yeah it comes down to money like you said it wouldn't be that much for them to throw star wars in there but i just think that they lack the confidence uh when it comes to making the effort to put them in there when we already did it for celebration but a lot of good shit at comic-con 
Yeah, there, there's a real fine line there. I mean, you don't want to go to Comic-Con with Patty Jenkins and having a big kind of production and then she leaves the project. Yeah. And then she comes back and then she leaves. And then she, I mean. Work for James Gunn. <laughs> that was a different circumstance. Very I mean, different. Very and, different. And everyone loves what James Gunn did. I mean, he's got the proven track record where Patty Jenkins doesn't have a track record with Star Wars. I mean, she's got one maybe two in regards to what the what the general populace thinks is, uh, in regards to Wonder Woman as great films uh, in in her in her catalog of of films that she's worked on but still it's it's um it's just one of those situations i mean it, star wars just really kind of needs to be present along there i mean can you imagine that middle earth marvel dc star wars when they all have big projects happening, they all need to be there. You know, that's, that's the nexus of pop culture is San Diego comic-con. And like I said, I've never gone, but uh, I've always made it a point to, to watch all the YouTube videos that drop all the reactions from late to the party for all the trailers. I I loved your black Panther reaction. That was a hit hard. hard. Yeah. And we knew for sure. You know, I knew it knew I knew that I knew it would hit hard. Yeah. Uh, but when you watch it and you're like, oh damn, like it's happening. Like you it, I don't know what it was. Like my shield came down when I started watching that that trailer and like the music and how they cut it and Hall H being in that room, I would have been streaming down my face if I was yeah. in there just because of the energy and everybody that was on stage. We watched the, all the panels yesterday. Uh, thank goodness somebody chronicled them, you know, minus the footage that we're not allowed to see. And it's, it was so heartbreaking. And that, that was what was very different about this San Diego comic-con hall H experience for Marvel was that where, when we went in 2019, which you can watch our reaction to the actual panel on our channel. Uh, it was about the announcements and the excitement and the pop. But in this one, it was about the send off of the guardians of the galaxy three with three. And then of course we we've got to talk and we've got to grieve all together with the black Panther uh, and his family. And that's Wakanda forever. It's completely different tone, the way that they approach this one. And they had to do it. Uh, We got to, we got to go through the grieving process together. So when they ended up playing that trailer in there, man, I would have lost my mind. Uh, But just watching it with you guys, essentially through the reaction, like man, that veil came down, and I just got hit with it. And honestly, man, it had it. There's a, a lot that I cut out that you you don't see. You'll see cuts. I wouldn't have been able to talk, and Vanessa would have had to just keep going. Had I let myself, dude, I would have sobbed because it just it hit me so hard. Um, if you ever lost anybody uh, to a like cancer, you know, you know, and just seen the the fall of it. That is where I went with it when I started watching the trailer, as well as I'm just thinking about the actors. I'm thinking about Kugler. I'm thinking about his, you know, Chadwick's family. Like all of that. Then comes the movie because now we have to tell that story 
in their world. And it's just this level of solemnness and sadness that just hit hard. And when we watch that movie, man, it's going to be powerful. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for everybody. Because like I said, we're watching it unfold in front of our eyes as we're grieving. Um, And that kind of stuff is powerful, dude. You just need to cut a really good trailer to uh, basically grip uh, uh, an emotional moment out of people. And uh, you win Hall H. So... Um, yeah. Again, not not that what it was about was winning Hall H, but they won because they went there with the heart. Even you were talking before we were on camera about Feige's words, you know, before going into the the Wakanda Forever stuff. So yeah, um, yeah. yeah, it was so perfect because every time he goes to Comic Con, he talks about the past, the present, the future, and Feige pretty much said that he said we talked about the past, we talked about the present, we talked about the future. But now it's time to talk about forever. And I was just like, oh, <laughs> that was such a perfect line. And of course, we all knew he was going to talk about Wakanda forever. And for me personally, the fact that they made the whole Atlantean race, essentially my race, I'm Mexican-American. They me found, too. They, they, yeah, they found You'll someone from the hood. Uh, who uh, uh, is uh, Tanach Huerta. He said that on stage. He said, they got me from the hood. And, and now I'm he, here, right? Yeah, and now I'm here. And I know you're out there dreaming and you're going to make it. And for him to go into Spanish and to say what he said there, I mean, for I'm paraphrasing here in English what he said in Spanish. So I'm translating what he said. He essentially said his family crossed that river for him to be where he is right now on that stage. And that is just super powerful, man. It's huge. It's, it's an incredible thing. And of course we're getting Andor for star Wars, Diego Luna. He's from Mexico. He made it and he's going to, he's going to have to have Mexican, Mexican American family in the show. Right. You would think. So yeah, it, it totally makes sense. So, Depending yeah. if he had the tragic past, though, to where he lost. Well, I guess maybe we'll see when he was a youngin. Uh, yeah. But yeah, if they're gone and all he's got is himself, then maybe not. Hopefully, though, we got uh, Jimmy Smith in there, right? What's what's his nationality? Uh, I believe he does uh, have a Hispanic lineage. I know yeah. Smith isn't the most no. Latino last name, but uh, yeah, he he does have a heritage uh, similar to ours. So yeah, it's. Um, it's an incredible thing where we're at and Puerto Black- Rican, Puerto Rican and Sierra Namese. Ah, okay. All walks of life, man. Interesting. Yeah. All yeah. walks of life. Yeah. So yeah, with that, um, I just want to say thank you everyone for listening. Thank you, especially to Robert for joining the podcast today. I definitely wanted to get his take on Comic-Con. I know I've seen the videos where him and Vanessa are in the crowd doing reactions and sharing their their experiences with us and wish wish we could have done it for this one too but you know it's the times yeah the the times are are kind of tough but yeah thank you everyone for listening of course uh you can find us on patreon of course we're on instagram at star wars stuff podcasts we're on twitter at stuff pod that's in my name there of course we're on tiktok we have a facebook page a group uh, that I referenced a couple of times. There's a lot of great stuff there. 
Of course, you can email us at starwarsstuffpodcast at gmail.com. And of course, we also have our own uh, website where you can kind of uh, link to all of all the stuff that we do at uh, Stuff stuffpodcastnetwork.com and yeah i just want to say thank you again to robert and his uh, youtube channel is late to the party and uh he's got a super cool logo um that i just had up on the screen right here and um yeah check him out whenever you can like i said he's he's pretty much my go-to him and vanessa for for reactions anytime a big trailer drops i go to their channel it i don't even have to look them up anymore they're just in my feed so yeah, that it's, Black uh, Panther one is is doing some numbers right now. So go check that out uh, and watch me cry and look for those cuts because man, I was I could not get it together for a while after that trailer ended. Yeah, check definitely it out. super emotional. And check out that panel too. I know a lot of people in the audience recorded it and now yeah. have uploaded, especially the Black Panther panel that I, I referenced. So, but, but don't watch the leak footage of the stuff that was there because it's god awful and it's horrible quality <laughs> and that's not the way to be seen the way yeah. to be seeing it you know i didn't see a lot of leaked stuff drop I've, on my I've, already, I've already come across a couple okay and trust me i wanted to click it so bad i wanted to know <laughs> but no man I, it's it might i you gotta wait you gotta wait that's why mm-hmm. i i seen a bunch of mandalorian three stuff drop from the celebration i refuse man i won't do it i i hear Babu Freak is in it or something. I don't know. Love Babu Freak. They brought a new toy, a new, very uh, expensive interactive thing at Galaxy's Edge. Yes, we just uh, did an unboxing video for it. Um, did you? Hey! Yes. <laughs> yes, for sure. And the goggles, but anyways. Yeah, the goggles work. They make sound effects. Babu Freak has about six phrases, he says. It, it's super cool. I had to get one because we're actually going to do, we, we gave away the first unboxing uh, to one of our $66 tier members. And um, it's going to Maka, one of our longtime Patreon subscribers. And awesome. that's on his way. I'm getting one, too. And it's from Galaxy's Edge in Orlando. So, yeah, it's... I kind of regret not buying the Target version, the plush version. They actually had him on clearance at one point. but yeah, we, we have it, actually. We have it here yeah. somewhere. Yeah, I wasn't able to pick that one up. But this one, it's like... I think it's one-to-one scale, actually. I mean, yeah, it no. says it on the box, but it, it looks really cool. And you start throwing stuff like that into the Droid Depot, you better believe I'll be buying it up. They yeah. kick, kick up the, the merchandise in there, and we'll all come calling. Yeah, Babu Frick and his uh-huh. race, his stock is going uh-huh. up, man. It's going yeah. to it's gonna, it's gonna get up there, I think. So, Make that yeah. Babu Frick series. I guess bringing him in a Mandalorian is yeah. good enough for now. Yeah. For now, but then I want the Babu Frick movie. <laughs> hey! Yeah, the Frick fanatics, yeah. Moni so, Myrtle. You know, Moe yeah, Myrtle yeah. Voice of Babu Frick? Yeah. Blows my mind. Yeah, my it mind. is. It, I derailed it. your ending. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, hey! Cool, man. Anytime. Hey, hey. So, yeah, for Robert, my name is David. May the force be with you. Always.